Well, it's me once again, Chris Chase, host of the MCS Mastercast, recording live in the MCS studios, aka the office where I do work. On this episode of the Mastercast, I am privileged to be chatting with Chris Vache. Chris Vache is the creative arts pastor at C4 Church, Crothers Creek Community Church in Ajax on to talk about worship and creative arts ministry. We get a chance to talk about leadership. We get a chance to talk about baseball because we are both uh, avid fans of the Blue Jays at the time of this uh, podcast when it was recorded. Steve uh, Pence had just been signed by the Blue Jays, and we talked a little bit about Edwin Encarnacion and where he fits in with the team and things of that nature. And it's just a great conversation. And what my hope is for those of you who get to listen to it is that you get an inkling on the creative process on how leadership can be done. And if you are a creative arts pastor or if you're a worship pastor, if you're a young leader, you get some really great insights from somebody who's been at it for a number of years in terms of the things that they've learned, uh, the things that uh, Chris has been able to experience, and the lessons that he's able to pass on because of the things that he's learned along the way. So uh, right now, once this is me, once I finish talking, you're actually going to be then coming into probably the two of us laughing because that's my favorite way of introing conversations. So here it is, my interview with Chris Vache on the MCS Mastercast. Like you've been on like the, the, the bucket list of guests, like <laughs> legitimately. Like you've been like, if I, if I get Vache on this, on this podcast, that'd be a lot of fun, right? Especially now because we're actually able I'm to- I'm a like, very easy yes. I'm a very easy <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then that that's a perfect opening to say like and knowing that you're an, an easy guest this is the mcs mastercast here live in the mcs studios aka my office which is a mess you luckily chris you can't see this it's it's it is pandemonium in here a uh, live message con seminary and i am via skype with chris vache and chris you you are at c4 you're at a church which is just down the road from me you were just down the road from me before that. You were in Orangeville, and you are you are on Twitter and uh, you are on social media, and you you talk about leadership. You talk about leadership in a great way, and it's something that I really admire. Uh, and you're a pastor, you're a leader, you're a dad, you're a husband, you're a, you're a lot of of things, and you're a lot of things to a lot of different people. So my first question for you is this: Did you hear about the fact that Edwin Encarnacion is possibly not coming back to the Blue Jays? <sighs> <laughs> no, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm, well, thanks, man. Thanks for having me here. First of all, uh, great. I'm a yes. I'm a Blue Jays fan. We are both. Are. been so fun. Uh, when Kendris Morales signed to me, that's like, oh, it's over. I'm excited about what they're doing. I think if I mean news today, this will put people in the time frame of when this happened. So Steve Pierce signed. I like that. Yeah. I'm holding out for Dexter Fowler. I think if if we get Dexter Fowler, uh, bye bye Jose, bye bye Edwin. I think Jays are on track to at least get back to the ALCS and maybe the World Series. I'd be excited about that. You will, you and I, we, we both follow each other on Twitter. We both have conversations about the Jays <laughs> during the season. I might have to take a Twitter break if Dexter Fowler comes because the things, the, the just the exclamation points will just kind of destroy <laughs> Twitter right away. I, I mean, I, I have loved having Jose Bautista around, but there's going to be a special kind of joy if, like, nobody signs him yeah, this year. Right? That's yeah, gonna be fascinating. Yeah, like, it's which is a weird thing because you, you, like not that you wish bad things on good people. No, 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 no. Of course not. Right. But here's here was the question I had this morning, and they were talking about us on the fan. Qualify. We're this is we can talk. We got Blue Jays the whole time, but like qualifying offer from the Blue Jays was one year seventeen million. Yep. There's no way I would pay Jose seventeen million now. <laughs> no, no, not, not a chance. So that offer's gone. I think Edwin's off the table. I'm excited. I just I love that the Blue Jays are 
meaningful in the city and people love it again because it's been a long, a long time. time. A long so time. it's just so fun. My kids are baseball fanatics now. We, we're outside all summer long just playing baseball. My kid loves it. And my son, who's six, just the other day, we were eating dinner. He goes, Dad, yeah, man, when do I get to play Little League? That's awesome. <laughs> uh, you just wait. Don't worry. You will not miss your That's chance awesome. to play Little League. I promise. So um, a reason why I, I have you on, on, the, on the cast today, one of two things. One, and we mentioned it earlier before, before we started recording, this is the fir- we're on Skype right now for those of you who are listening. This is the first time we're actually seeing one another's faces in conversation. And I think we've been probably following each other for like a year or two, and we've interacted. But this is the like, so that's one of the that's one of the things like to be able to like see it's one awesome. another and watch facial yep. expressions, and and two, just to, just to pick your brain a little bit on on leadership tidbits and things that you've learned along the way. Um, you have been able to to do some really cool creative things, be able to to lead alongside cool creative people. And we have uh, an audience, uh, minus my wife, because who does not listen to podcasts ever, uh, except for the one that she was on. <laughs> That's the only one she listened to. That's a lie, sorry. That's the only one she listened to. And even there, she's like, this is so stupid. Um, we have an audience of young leaders who, um, who know a lot, but who are also excited to learn a lot. Yeah. And uh, specifically in the area of, of worshiping creativity. And I was remembering actually today, I actually had you a year ago via video visit a class that I was teaching on, on leading yeah. creative ministries where you came yeah. in and you just kind of spoke a little bit about your heart and where you see creative ministries going and how to be creative. And, um, and I'm wondering, uh, before we kind of get into the practical ideas of, of what that looks like on a regular basis, how to kind of grow in your own creativity, a little bit of, of your journey in leadership. Like how you've kind of um, arrived, and arrived might, be not, might not be the right word, but how you've gotten to where you are now, um, pastoring at Crothers Creek Community Church in Ajax, Ontario. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure never arrived. And, um, yeah, yeah, maybe we can talk about that, actually, because I think that is that is something that I try to really cling to, and there's some other things around that. Um, so for, I'm from Ottawa. And so I am a long-suffering Sens fan, mm, um, and I've that. lived in Southern Ontario for 20 years. So, but I still have not uh, been duped like all of you into cheering for the Maple Leafs. I can't. Um, I'm a Habs fan. I'm born in Montreal. Mm, oh, sorry, my wife pretends to be a Habs fan, but <laughs> you can't pretend. Uh, she's, you are you she's, she's married to me. So, <laughs> um, I grew up in Ottawa. I grew up uh, in a single-parent family. Uh, my mom raised me and my younger brother. She remarried when I was 11. We had no church background, no church experience, no church inclusion, nothing, zero. There was no church language or involvement in my house at all, literally. Uh, so much so that I can remember the day I was about 12 years old watching football. I was watching NFL. And on TV, there's a guy holding a sign. And on the sign is written, John 316. Right. And so I'm like, John 316, I think that's from the Bible, right? And so we had a Bible on our bookshelf, and I was like, I wonder what that says. So I take the Bible down, and where's John? I don't know, but there's a table of contents. Oh, John is on this page. Three, okay, 16, for God so loved the world, dot, dot, dot. And my first thought, this is not a word of a lie, my first thought was, what does that have to do with football? <laughs> oh, that is I mean, that's like, that wouldn't it be, perfect. that would be great if that was like part of my conversion story, but it really wasn't at all. I, there was no context for me um, until I was in high school and I had some friends who loved me and some friends who wanted to be my friends and some friends who happened to be Christians and part of a youth group. And through their friendship and through their love and them inviting me out to 
be part of the youth ministry there. That's really the start of the story is yeah. that uh, I I became a Christian because some of these students wanted to be my friend. And uh, I got involved in youth ministry there. And because I was musical, um, I got involved in playing on the worship team right away. So uh, I, I've been uh, playing piano since I was little. I was very musical in high school. Um, I was involved in lots of big musical things. I went to university. I uh, I went to Laurier. I was in the music program for piano performance and did the whole Royal Conservatory thing. And so because I was musical and because I was a Christian, then in high school, I became a Christian in grade 12. Um, I got involved in leading worship and playing on our worship team at church, playing involved in worship ministry stuff around Ottawa. I worked at a camp in the summer, so I was involved in worship ministry at camp. When I went to school, when I went to Laurier, I got involved in campus ministry and involving uh, in, involved in worship ministry. I got in a band and we traveled all over uh, Canada and parts of the U.S. leading worship and involved in uh, youth retreats and sort of like I just sort of fell into it. There was no sense of no dream of, oh, God, please give me the chance to be a worship leader. It really was just this combination of I have the ability to do musical. And now looking back, I can see there were people who recognized within me leadership gifts and the the ability to lead worship. And so there's this combination. Um, 2005, very clear call from God to go into local church ministry. So we moved to Orangeville. Um, it would sort of take a direct call from the Lord to move there. I was going to say. But, yeah, but we did. And we were very, very convinced that God called us to a very specific church who happened to be hiring a full-time worship director. And so we were on staff there. I say we, I was on staff, but it's a whole family uh, adventure. Um, I was there for almost nine years. So grateful for our time there. So grateful for the staff we got to work with. So grateful for the ministry we got to do. We loved being there. Uh, three of our four kids were born in our time there. So it was, just, it was really, really meaningful. And then um, in the fall of 2013, began some conversations with the leaders at C4. Uh, they were looking for a worship pastor. I had zero desire to leave where I was. And over a series of conversations, lots of prayer began to have the sense that maybe the Lord was calling us to say yes to come to C4. And so I started here on staff just about three years ago, first as the worship pastor, um, and so working with our worship leaders and our Sunday mornings. Uh, and then after about eight months of that, became the creative arts pastor, which um, still overseeing the worship ministry, but also production and communication. So if you know C4 and you're familiar, all of our print, web, video, design, everything kind of in our spaces. We now have two locations. We have our main building in Ajax. We have a location in Port Perry that rolls into a high school on Sunday morning. Um, and then as well, our worship ministry, a lot of our songwriting, uh, all of that is under me. We have, a, we have a great staff team. We have unbelievable leaders and um, great people who serve in lots of different areas. So that's what I oversee yeah. at C4. Um, and I work really closely with our lead pastor and our senior and our teaching pastor, obviously. Um, I would say some of the things like leadership wise I've learned along the way. Uh, I mean, for me, I recognized very early on that I want to do this for the rest of my life. For me, local church ministry is the calling of my life. And um, when we went, when we said yes to going to Orangeville and we, when we said yes to going to C4, we are here until God kills us or God calls us. And we, we say that over and over again, but this for me isn't, I'm going to get a, some good stuff on my resume, and then in a couple of years, I'll go to a big church in the States that can really let me do what I want. Or I can't find the opportunity to do the job I would love to do, so I'm going to go work for the church because I know I can find work there. This We are all in uh, for the rest of our lives on local church ministry. So that gives me a, a sense of freedom and a lot of stuff and perspective that if I, you know, if it takes something 
three months or six months or 12 months longer than it. I might want it. Yeah, we've got, I've got 30 years of perspective. Um, and so then that as a leader, then that changes. One thing that really helps me do is to live with this real sense of open handedness because I don't have my own 12 month or three year or five year timeline or goals. Of course, there's things I want to accomplish in my time here, but it's not like, Hey, I've got to do this. I've got to get X, Y, and Z done in three years because in 2019, I want to go to this place and I need all that stuff on my resume. Um, but having that sense of, of not arriving, like you were mentioning earlier and a sense of this long-term lifelong perspective for me, I think it's been really helpful as a leader to say, okay, we, yeah, if, if it's up to me, I'm going to be here forever. So whether we get everything right this Sunday or not, <laughs> whether we nail every cue on this event or not, whether, you know, whether or not we nail that really it's about you know, what are the kinds of relationships we have with people in our church? What are the kinds of relationships we have with our neighbors? Um, what's the reputation of the church as a whole in our region? Um, are there are people follow? Are there more people following Jesus three years into my ministry here than there were when I started? Not because of me, but because of what of the culture we're trying to build here and how people are following Jesus and using their gifts to serve him. Those are some of the questions that then shape my leadership and shape my ministry more than what's my 12 month goal. What's my three year goal. What's my five year goal. And then along with that, that sense of not arriving, I think one thing as a leader, I've really tried to keep and I, and I try to pass this on to my kids really in really significant ways is just like to stay curious, never get the sense that I know all there is to know. And I've got it all figured out. And really, I can just I can program this stuff with my eyes closed and we can figure it out. I was having a conversation with a mentor of mine a, a week ago, a couple weeks ago, and we were reflecting on uh, he's about 10 years older than I am. When I think back to my early 20s and maybe some of the people who are listening are kind of when I think back to my early 20s, mid 20s, a lot of my leadership concepts and a lot of ideas on how I would do things if I was the leader a lot of those things have stayed the same. Now, a lot has changed, right? You learn as you go and you get refined and, and some things you realize like, oh, I was, I was a bit of a joker on that. But a lot of the stuff is the same. Now, I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the leadership credibility. I didn't really have the right to implement some of those things where now 15 years in, I do have some of those opportunities. But some of the concepts, some of the ideas I had are still the same. So I try to think a lot like those people are in our church now. Those people in their late teens, early 20s, mid 20s, they've now they don't have the opportunity to implement them like I do, but I want to be engaged. I want to have them around the table yeah. when we're talking stuff because they're not idiots. They've got some really great ideas. They don't have the opportunity to implement the ideas, but as a leader, I have the opportunity to clear the way for them to do some of that stuff. And not, yeah, so I try to do that really intentionally as a leader. I think it's just good for me personally as a leader to do that. I think it's great for us as a church. I think it's great thinking about discipleship and mentoring a next generation to be able to do that. But yeah, I'd say those are two things like long-term perspective and then to really stay, stay curious. So at C4, I actually, while you're talking, I remember actually seeing, I want to call it the oppressor of your family. It's the weirdest thing. I remember. And I remember I had no clue of who you were, but I remember seeing this picture of you and your family and this discovery of you going from Orangeville to C4. And I don't know, like it's a random thing. I was, like you were wearing a Blue Jays cap. That's all I remember. There's a picture of you and your family. And you're wearing a Blue Jays cap. That's all I remember. Why I remember that? I don't know. 
But I actually remember, I remember going, well, that's really cool. And then you know, keeping but to see in in these in these three years, just the leaps and bounds of what C four has been able to do, and the influence that you've been able to have on on a, a certain point, part of the church right. has been really, really, really cool and really inspiring because there's a lot of creativity that goes into your thought and and you value team. One of the things I, I, I've learned in, in watching Instagram and, and live videos is that you really value the team that you have there. And so you have a number of different worship leaders, uh, both, uh, I guess, paid and volunteer worship uh, band members, creative arts people. How do you rally everybody together because that's a lot of people and, and creatives yeah. are, are melancholy creatives are ornery at times how do you rally them all together for whether it's for an easter presentation or easter easter weeks or christmas or just like the in-between summer months when everyone's on yeah. vacation how do you work that stuff out yeah so i'd say i mean the first thing is i mean it's good that you recognize how much we value team because that's not just something we say it really is a meaningful thing and <clears throat> I could not on my own do everything that God has for us as a church. There's yeah. just no way. And so I am um, very willing to give parts of my job <laughs> away. And I say that not to say because I don't like them, but th the truth is, yeah, we have we have um, five other – I'm one of six worship leaders here at C4. Our worship leaders are considered staff, and so we have staff expectations from them, and our expectations for our staff and our key leaders are very high, and we talk about that very openly. We don't hold that secret. They're very high in terms of skill. They're also very high in terms of character. Um, I am without question our weakest worship leader. Hmm. There's, there's, there is no question in my mind. All of our worship leaders here are better worship leaders, better musicians than I am. I am in no way threatened by that. In no way. I, I, we could not do what God has called us to as a worship ministry if it's all on my shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. so we need to be a place where our, our, our other leaders are champion, um, and we give more opportunities to them. Uh, we do have other staff in my, I said, you know, we have a creative arts department. So we have a communication director. We have a production director. One of our worship leaders also has some other staff, uh, some other staff responsibilities, um, as part of his role. And so my main job is really, how can I create more opportunities for these leaders to thrive in the things that they are best at? I am not our best worship leader. I'm not our best production guy. I'm not our best graphic, you know, fill in the blank. I'm not our best uh, writer. And so where can I find opportunities, uh, to give them opportunity and to really champion them? Um, and I would say one thing we've decided to do here is to be vocal about that. So yeah, we, you know, we were, uh, in the, in the stay curious thing, we went to visit elevation, their Monday night service in Toronto. And so we took, uh, it was me and three and, and the staff from our department, there were four of us that went down. And we went out after because if you're going to go to church, you might as well go out for food after. Yep. And we, we sat around and we chatted. What do we like? What do we change? What do we like? What are we super proud of for Elevation? What are they doing that we're so excited for? If we were going to do this, what are some lear learnings we would have? And then at the end, we just took a little photo and I said, you know, I captioned it saying just like spending, spending. It was, oh, we are at a place called Worst. So, you know, good times at Worst with some of the best yeah. because I think I get to work with some of the best people around. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, so I think that's one thing is just to really intentionally celebrate other people and be grateful for them. Specifically, what do we do here? So a couple years ago, uh, sat around with a few people and felt like 
what we do on Sunday morning is great. And I'm so grateful for the people who serve on our teams on Sunday morning. When I came to C4, we were one service in one location. We're now three services in two locations. We're getting ready to add more locations. That's awesome. And That's so really, what, really one of the, cool. One of the things that does is you it then um, separates – it increases the distance between team members because we might have a team who serves in Ajax and a team who serves in Port Perry. And if I serve in Ajax this week and Port Perry next week, I, I might go three weeks without seeing somebody. And so, and we also don't have a midweek rehearsal. That's another kind of unique thing here at our church. We don't have midweek rehearsal, which is, which can be a real great community time. So a couple years ago we sat and we thought, okay, we're going to, we're going to grow. We're going to get more complicated. More people come out to, to our teams, more locations. How, what, what's the C4 version of team night? And we'd see, you know, you see Hillsong doing team nights or other churches doing team nights. What's the C4 version? And what we came up with, I mean, this is a really specific thing, is uh, we came up with what we call Creative Community Night. Creative Community Night for us happens about six times a year. And uh, there's two main goals. The first is we want to build creative values across our whole organization. And the second thing is we want to build community among our volunteer teams. So we invite anyone who serves on our worship ministry, so that's musicians, singers, anyone who serves in our production ministry, sound guys, pro presenter, camera, whatever it is, and anyone who serves in our communication ministry, um, video, photography, uh, we have people who write scripts for us. And we get together, yeah, about six times a year. And the first part of the night is worship. We just worship together and we hang out. So we people come to the church Friday night. We have coffee. We have food. We bring in a worship leader. We have about a 40-minute worship set. Uh, I teach for about 15 or 20 minutes. I talk about what, what does the Bible say about creativity or what does the Bible say about community or what does the Bible say about what we do on Sundays when we gather together. And then we do workshops. And the workshops are related. They might be a skill-specific thing, how to be a better guitar player. Or it might be something more um, more generic. How do we prepare best for Sunday? Uh, or it might be something that's very character-focused. Uh, how to be, how to serve, what it means to be a servant leader. That might be an example. Um, and so we do those six times a year. And a couple of those times, we will focus only on the community side. We've only done this a couple of times, but we did one last summer. It was a ton of fun. We have a family in our church who has a farm. And so we went out to the farm on a Friday night and we set up in their barn. We did a big worship night. It was a big potluck. People brought spouses cool. and That's kids cool. and we just hung out. And I, at the end of the night, I got up and said, listen, the only thing I want you to hear tonight is thank you. And I thanked spouses. I thanked families. I thanked people who serve in our church. I thanked other leaders. Um, and just said like, we, we can't do what God's called us to do as a church. If you don't all play your role, you as a spouse, if you don't support, support your spouse showing up at six 30 on Sunday morning in the church building, Man, we can't do this. And so I really just want you to hear thank you. So we've built those nights into the regular rhythm of our church um, and our, into our serving ministry. And those have become really sin- significant for our team. Um, and then I'd say the, the, other, the last thing would be in sort of the team. That would be one way to see team building. Another way to see team building, and this is specific to worship ministry, is in our audition process. We've actually been very intentional in our audition process to audition not only for skill, but also for character. So we, we talk here a lot about Psalm 78, 72, uh, where God calls David to lead and to shepherd Israel, to shepherd them with an upright heart and to guide them with a skillful hand. So we want people upright heart, skillful hand. And we do that even from our um, audition process. And the analogy, we get back to baseball. How do you build a baseball team? You can build through free agency, you can build through trades, or you can build through the draft. Yeah. And building through the draft takes the longest, especially in baseball, but even if you think in worship ministry, 
It's not exactly the same, but if I think of our audition process like the draft process, we start from the very beginning to say we're kind of like we're trying to we're backfilling our team in a sense with these kinds of people. The truth is, when I came to C4, we did not. It wasn't a disaster. This there wasn't a lot of tire fires. There were. It wasn't like we got to kick this person off and what's happening. No, this was a great church and God was doing amazing things here. But we knew as we were growing and getting more complicated, not more simple that as we were adding more and more people to our team, we had to think of it in a draft perspective because it wasn't enough just to add great guitar players or great drummers. We wanted great people yeah, as well. for sure. And, and so, we've, so that's another way to think of team building is through our audition process. You mentioned earlier about, uh, and I appreciate this, you're like, uh, uh, the people you have around you, you wouldn't be the best of, of, of them all. How do you personally, as a leader and as a person of character, swallow that? Because not yeah. everybody can easily say, like, not everybody can easily say of themselves, I'm the fourth of this, right? And and I think, you know, worship leading to some is subjective, right? Like, we're all doing the same songs. You know, most people aren't changing the keys or things too much. So how do you keep yourself going, like, I'm okay with these four people being yeah. way more skilled in this and knowing that God has gifted you in other ways, but you're okay, you're okay being you? Yeah. Well, I mean, part of that, well, I'll say first, like I wouldn't have always been okay with that. Right. So I don't think anyone should hear, oh man, that he's got it all figured out. So humble. No, no. I, I, there are for sure times in my life when I would not have been okay with that. So it's a growth area for sure. Um, I'm going to turn 40 this summer. And so part of that is with age mm-hmm. and just to understand, okay, with age and wisdom, uh, there is a growing uh, opportunity for humility to become more significant in your life. That would be one thing. I would say the other thing, and this is, this, this would be to me specifically, I know when I was 30, 10 years ago, um, I had some very significant time with the Lord, with the counselor, with the life coach. Um, and I came out of that experience crystal clear in my mind by the time I was 40, (laughs) that, the upfront worship leader part of my life would not be my prime identity. When I was 30, it was, I was because of the church context I was in because of my stage of life, I was leading worship, uh, probably 30 Sundays a year and developing other leaders. But the truth is I was in a church context where, um, I had, depending on the season, one or two or three other volunteer, but we just, we weren't a, a huge church. We didn't have a lot of resources. Uh, and there was also the expectation. And sometimes, you know, if you're listening as a student, you're going to go into ministry. You're going to go to a church where the senior pastor will hire you to be the 50 Sunday a week worship leader. And if you go to a place like that, you sh- shouldn't go to that senior pastor six months in and say, mm, I really believe the Lord's calling me to be the 12 Sunday a year worship leader. Well, that's fine, but you're not there. Uh, you're not fulfilling the thing that the senior pastor is asking you to do. And so you need to count the cost a little bit there. Um, but I would say, you know, for for people who are listening, there will be a time in your life where you begin to think, okay, am I going to do this forever? Is this going to be the the thing that I do for the rest of my life? And when I was 25, when I was 20, I didn't, I, there was no way I had the sense that I would be able to lead the size of team or the size of ministry that I do now. Uh, and for some people, people 
you know, what I do, the side, the scope of the job is massive. There are other people who do what I do. And this, you know, this is a very small segment of their job. Um, but to be able to grow to the place where you say like, okay, what, what's the thing that only I can do? If I'm going to, if God's going to call me to that place or God's going to call me into some kind of role, what's the thing that only I can do? There are, the truth is at C4, there are other people who can lead worship. There are other people who can do a great job on our production team. There are other people who can write scripts. I don't need to do that. The real, the real, uh, I think the place where I help our church take steps forward is bridging. Okay. We have some big creative dreams and we have some unbelievable artists who are part of our church. And at the same time we have, everybody has a boss, (laughs) everybody has leaders and I have the ability. And this is just one of the ways that God has wired me. I have the ability to see this perspective of like, okay, I understand we've got this artistic dream and desire, and there's a thing we think we can do artistically. How does that fit into the bigger picture of what God's doing in our church? The bigger picture of the other things happening in the life of our church, the bigger picture of, we have a very clear mission and vision as a church. How does that fit in there? And so I'm in a season where that's really the thing that I've been asked to do. That's, that's the workload I've been asked to carry because right now in our church, there's no, uh, that's, I am the best person for that part of the job. Yeah. Um, that might not, not always be the case. And that's right the now. beauty of, of saying, okay, well, I'm going to be here for a long, long time, God willing. And so we're willing to adjust that as we go. But I, I would say the principle behind that is, you know, what's the thing God's very clearly gifted you to do and get as good as you can in that thing. Find mentors, look for opportunities, say yes as often as possible. The second thing would be be committed to spending time with the Lord and really saying, what? okay, this is for now, and this might be a long season, might be a short season, but wh- where are you taking me? Where's the thing that you've got for me, and who are the people who are speaking into my life that are helping me to answer those questions? Um, and don't be afraid of having 10-year trajectories. I mean, l- literally 10 years ago, I knew as a 30-year-old, this I know I don't know where I'm going, but I know that that part of me won't be my prime identity. Um, and then the third thing would be then to really become to help um, have people around you who can help you in your own self-awareness. There's always things in your own life that you're blind to that you can't see. And so you need people in your life who can call you out on those things, positive and negative. Yeah. Um, and and f- look for community like that. And my guess is at the school right now, like that's that's a huge part of what you guys do with students. Yeah, and you've we hope to do at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to. We, we have a couple minutes left here because I know you got you gotta you gotta get moving. Um, but I do want to ask a couple of questions on what you see right now. Uh, from from the from the relationships that you're in, from the from the influence that you're able to have as a leader, this the the, the status of worshiping creative arts ministries as a whole. There's, there's a lot of, I mean, we have so many apps um, that can yeah. show us how to do stuff. Uh, we have so many uh, pictures on Instagram that can let us know that we're either on the great curve or, man, we need to step our game up. Um, how does C4, one, make sure that it's um, being influenced in the right way but still feeling like this is who we are? And what would you say to the leader who feels like it's only as good as the next best thing? Yeah. That's that's a nice easy like question. <laughs> like a three minute answer. <laughs> well, I'd say um, how do we know at C four we're in the right way? Well, the, I mean, the honest truth is we're not. We don't always 
get it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are for sure Sundays where we chase something in the wrong direction, not because, you know, we're not worshiping Jesus, but we're not authentically leading people in worship in the context of who God's calling us to be. So, uh, you know, I, so I say this with being very willing to say we don't always get it right. Um, but we are one, one thing about C4, we are very clear on our mission and vision. We're very clear. And so our vision is to be a regional church of 10,000, uh, meeting physical, emotional, spiritual needs in the name of Jesus. And that's very un-Canadian, but that we believe that's a vision given from the Lord. And so if we're going to be a regional church of 10,000 people someday, who knows when that day is, we need to have, uh, our worship ministry as a certain kind of worship ministry that's going to be able to serve a church of that size. If we're meeting spiritual needs, I mean, uh, every human on earth has a spiritual need to worship something. That's why NFL stadiums are so full on Sunday. John 316, though. Um, And so we have an inherent need to worship. Yeah. It is a spiritual need. So how, as a worship team, do we help meet people's spiritual need of worship? So we've made decisions around the kind of worship, the style of worship, the volume of worship, um, how much, you know, the, the minutes of worship, all of that. Um, and we also see worship as part of discipleship. So our mission as a church is to help, is to glorify God by enabling or helping people of all ages become fully devoted followers of Jesus. Fully devoted followers of Jesus worship. You, you are not That's a fully point. devoted yeah. follower of Jesus if you do not worship. Okay, so— in in light of the fact that you you want people who are devoted followers of Jesus, you want to be disciple makers, and you want to use the gifting of worship to do that. How do you guys incorporate new songs in there? How do you incorporate uh, the voice of senior leadership in there? How do you um, allow um, the lifeblood of your church to speak into the culture of your church in the uh, area of worship, so you're able to develop or help develop rather fully uh, devoted followers of Christ? Your pastor is the kind of person who would say, oh, yeah, as many new songs as possible. Let's just keep on cranking out new songs. Great. Then you respond to that and you lead out of that. If your senior pastor is the kind of person who would say, we really want 100 percent of our songs to be super familiar and let's be slow to add new songs. Then as a leader who is leading to implement someone, you know, a, a fuller vision that God has given to somebody else, you then need to submit to that. So. I can talk about it, but I don't want to gloss over that. It really is important as a worship leader or if you're involved in creative ministry that you are on the same page as your senior pastor or whoever is the person who oversees it. Yeah. Oversees you. Um, here specifically that I have been given that responsibility and that opportunity. So I am connected with our preaching pastor and our lead pastor on how we do that. But they've come to me and they said that, you know, you figure it out. You, we trust you in that. Um, how do you want to work it out? So here's in very real ways. Here's how we work it out. The first thing is we write a lot of songs here and we believe there are new songs for our church that would allow our church to say the thing our church needs to say about X fill in the blank. Yeah. And at the same time, as we write those songs, we know those songs may never go outside of the walls of C4. They may not be songs that your church needs to sing or that a church in the U S needs to sing or around the world. And, and we're totally fine with that, but we really believe there are songs that our people need to sing and nobody else can write them for us. So we spend a lot of time, um, writing songs. We've written a lot in the last couple of years. Uh, and we sing some of those. And I would say, as we move, we will be giving more and more priority to those cool. as new songs, uh, in our own community. So that'd be, that would be one side of it. The other side of it 
really practically, um, we have six worship leaders here. Any worship leader can suggest any new song, and they suggest those new songs to the other worship leaders. So we use Planning Center for this. We have a, a an outline built on Planning Center. Every worship leader has access to it. They add a song. They drop it in. When they drop it in, they send an email out to the other worship leaders, and they say, hey, heads up, heard this new song off the fill-in-the-blank album, and I want you to hear it. I'd love to introduce it. What do you guys think? We don't need across-the-board consensus, oh, I would lead that song. Yes, I would sing that song. Okay. But we do need across-the-board consensus, oh, yeah, we should sing that. Mm-hmm. Partly, be- And not that it's a bad song, but partly we, we, have, to, we have to have a process. What, you know, whatever the process is, you got to have one. Um, and so we got to work within that. Uh, and it's that doing it that way seems to um, be working pretty well. And then my role in that is to make sure when we have songs that are winners, and I, I'll tell you right now, like, um, what a beautiful name off the new Hillsong record, man, from the wow. first time we did it, it's such a, such a great song. Wow. So now my job pastorally is to keep that song in front of our worship leaders minds and not let them kind of go, Oh, well, we've got this new song. Yeah, this for sure. No, no, we got to, this one has to become a real strong song for our whole community. Uh, and that's my role with, with those songs. Quick story. I spoke at our at our home church, King Street, on Sunday. Yeah. And I described it on Twitter as a slide into second double. Like that's like the opening. I'm I, I got thrown up by something in my head and then I forgot to read the main scripture. Like how, how do you even do that? And the entire <laughs> time I'm speaking, I'm thinking, how do I work in the the scripture back? Like I'm trying to like I'm thinking while I'm speaking. It ends up being okay, but I'm like, ah, and then the response, I'm like, ah. Rebecca gets up. And she leads this song that you just described, and it was like I didn't even need to say anything. No, it's you know it's, it's one un- of the, it's, and every so often the song shows up and you're like, yep. And yeah, so the, yeah, there's a free and the lyric of the bridge, man. Yeah, yes. So yeah, worship leaders, if you're not doing that song, it's a winner. It is. It is. It is. It. I could really like. I remember hearing it. Go, I remember I was at a retreat and I heard it and I was like, this is a really good song. I wonder if. And then Rebecca told me she was leading, and I was like, that's great. <laughs> and it fits in with where I'm going. And I'm so thankful that it was there because no one's remembering the fact that we, we, we didn't read the main scripture afterwards. Lesson kids, read the scripture ahead of time. It works there's better. A lot of, there's a lot of baseball talk in this podcast. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I'm a sports guy. It come, it, Who you are comes out do you naturally. Know, do, you know the difference, do you know the difference between a minor league baseball player and a major league baseball player? Contracts? Well, that, yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> no, the, the, it, the difference is rarely talent. You know that people who are career minor league players are often just as talented as major league baseball players. You know the difference? The difference is consistency. A player, two players of equal talent, the one who is who can consistently deliver, even if it's a slide into second double or even if it's you go one for three with a walk or two for five. Consistency is what will get you to the major leagues. It's a good lesson there for young leaders. You don't need to be – you don't come out of the gates as a Hall of Famer. Have you thought about that? If you go if you go two for five every game for your whole career, you hit 400 and yeah. nobody's done that since Ted Williams and you make the Hall of Fame. You strike out three times a game and you get two solid singles, you're in the Hall of Fame forever. Isn't that unbelievable? If I had my sound effect button, there would have been an explosion of my mind right there. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole, that's a separate podcast. We'll talk about that sometime. So sp- speaking of – I, this is one of those conversations – like we need to continue on and because you know like just for those of you who are listening just remember the name Chris Vache and follow it on right right now follow Chris Chris from Canada on Twitter 
and just pay attention to some cool stuff there that's going to be happening uh, in and through his life in the area of of creativity and in leadership. Some really cool things. I won't say too much. I won't say anything more. I want to. I want to. You know. You know, like Christmas surprise sort of stuff. Just be paying attention <laughs> to that, and and let's do this again. Now that we've now that we've now that we've seen each other, and we've avoided that sort of moment where like we see each other in, in an event, we're like, hey man, I saw you on Twitter, <laughs> and now there's nothing that we say for a little bit of time. We've avoided that, so now we can actually like jump right into conversation. Like, I mean, now that I see you, I'm I'm so surprised that you have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I purposely planned to shave it off like right now. Like somewhere you're off completely. Like walking by Pickering Town Center going, is that Chris Chase? Ah, he doesn't have a beard anymore. <laughs> Listen, man, thank you so much for doing this. Um let's let's can we do this again? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Um, because what I what I want to do is I actually want to get some questions from some of our, our worshiping creatives and and uh and and swing them by you so we can actually have uh, have a discussion based on some of the, the needs that they feel as 21, 22 year olds, as we once were at different points, uh, standing in front of people, leading songs and leading creatives that way. Um, some questions that they might have, might have that, um, that you can answer. So I'd love to be able to do this again. Love it. Yep. Yeah. Sounds great. Chris, man, thanks so much. This is uh, Chris Vache, uh, C4 Church. Uh, check him out legitimately. Chris from Canada for now. Oh, what do you mean, Chris? You'll never know. When you follow him, you'll figure it out. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Chris. Thanks Thank you so much, for listening. Man. Talk soon. For sure. That that was uh, my conversation with Chris Vache of uh, C4 Church. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. That was a, that was a lot of fun. And there's way more stuff that we could have talked about. Uh, but his schedule uh, 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 limits. Oh, I just dropped my phone. Limits it, and uh, so does mine because now I have to get ready for something at the school called Christmas Social, which is my favorite thing. No sarcasm. Uh, so make sure to be paying attention to just some cool things that are happening. Uh, you can follow C4 Church on Twitter as well or uh, check out their, uh, their their website. Just some really, really, really cool things. Some unique things are happening uh, in the Durham region with a lot of our, with all of our churches. Just But, but that, that one in particular, pay attention to them because they're really doing some cool things. And hopefully there's some really cool leadership lessons that you glean from him. We're going to have him back on. It's going to be fantastic. I got to get going. Uh, the day is upon me, or the evening now. Uh, so from the Masters Studios, the MCS Studios, a.k.a. my office, uh, this is Chris Chase, a.k.a. that Chris Chase on Twitter, a.k.a. Chris Chaser on Instagram, speaking on behalf of Masters, uh, Masters, <laughs> Masters College and Seminary, a.k.a. Uh, Masters Pete Bow on all social media uh, advances, Masters capital P, capital T, capital B, capital O. And this has been the MCS Mastercast. <laughs>